but, but man, let's pray. Uh, Lord, uh, man, I just pray uh, that you move my flesh out of the way uh, and that I just simply uh, expose the truth that is found in your word. Thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So for those who don't know, uh, I am Brett Kessinger. Uh, I've had the privilege to be able to be uh, your facilities manager for the last uh, seven years. So man, just a big thank you uh, for your for your man, faithful giving, your tithes, your offerings, your sacrificial giving uh, that make things like uh, new HVAC happen. Because this space is was rated for about a hundred people, um, and so now now we got heating and cooling that can handle three hundred easily. So uh, man, praise the Lord for that. Um, and for the last four years, I've had the privilege to be uh, the church's youth pastor. I've got some of the best leaders that uh, allow me to stumble through that job. Uh, and then most of you know me by the few times I do get to come up here as the guy who's always crying. And, uh, <laughs> and that will reign true today, uh, multiple times. Uh, and, and just know I'm not crying uh, it's just, it's raining on my face. Uh, this rain has just, you know, really, uh, we could use a new roof, uh, I think. It's, 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 it's not. Uh, so if you guys want to help me out in that, that effort, that'd be great too. Uh, but man, I mainly be crying because I need today's truth uh, as much as, as anyone else. I'm praying that one of you, some of you guys need it as well. Uh, but it's really hard today. It's like, man, where do I go? Where do I go? These these 13 graduates, they're my, my disciples, so to speak. Same as Jesus. A little awkward, because that means one has to be Judas, and one has to be his replacement. But uh, they can decide on that. And, uh, and we've studied a lot together, a lot in the last seven years. And, and together, uh, man, we all last week, we heard Josh's message, right? Man, what, what a great message. Praise the Lord for that. And that was good. And man, that our behavior produces our feelings. We can't let our feelings produce our behavior. That, man, we just simply add good to evil. As Pastor Allen would say, uh, we add function to dysfunction. Uh, and it's, so on one hand, I got nothing. There's, there's nothing left to say. I mean, our, our motto in the upper room ministry is hashtag make ready. I, I, I hope we've done that. I pray we've done that. Uh, Mark 14:15 says, and he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared there, make ready for us. Uh, so, man, we've been making you ready. Uh, just the last four years alone, we've gone through Ezra, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Romans, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, 1 Peter, and we just wrapped up Daniel. And, man, there's thousands of cross-references that we studied in between there. So, just walk in the Spirit. I can save us all 30 minutes. Uh, (laughs) But on the other hand, I've been asked to give you a final charge. Uh, I've been asked to to give one that shows how we can be stronger together. Um, And again, I'm I'm here to show you nothing. Because I've I've honestly got nothing. I've got no charge that is worth giving. Uh, Here's a picture of me. Uh, I'm just a simple man trying to make my way through eternity. If you know Star Wars, you know. If you don't, you can leave. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. I have, I have time. I can wait. 
Okay, so we're all Star Wars fans here, so that's good, that's good, that's good. So uh, this is good. Uh, but man, seriously, guys, I, the only charge I have is I can give a charge that Jesus gave. Uh, a charge that Jesus gave to his disciples, to his future grads. Uh, last week, Josh walked us through much of the later, latter half of Matthew 18. and uh, teaches us how we can bury our bitterness. Hopefully, we can just you know, literally cast that burden on the, onto the Lord. But when we can't, we go privately uh, to the party that, that offended us. But man, before we got all to that Christian-on-Christian Christian beef in the later half of, of, of chapter 18, we first start with Jesus just talking to his children. And by children, I, I mean his disciples, because uh, they were acting a fool. Uh, so in Matthew 18, whoops, uh, I did it again. I did that all the time. In Matthew 18, 1 through 6, Jesus has a Q&A with his boys. Uh, they had just traveled uh, uh, through Galilee on the way to Capernaum. I'm going to steal a chair. Because I like to think of Jesus in this moment as a youth pastor. Uh, I think they're all traveling in one accord. All 12 disciples fit in there. I don't know how it happens, but the, the Bible says they're in one accord, so I'm not going to argue with it. And, uh, and they, they don't understand Jesus. And as you parents drive, you, you, we have this drive a lot where your kids just don't understand you. Uh, and, and, and he's just telling them about his future death in his resurrection, they just don't get it. Mark 9, 31, it says, For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise on the third day. And Jesus looks back, and it's just like, no, seriously, they're, they're going to kill me, and I'll rise again on the third day. And, and all parents know the look, the look where their parent, the kids are just like, What? Uh, what? And Jesus is like, don't, 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 don't you eat it? No. And that, that's where I feel like Jesus is. I know, I know they're grown men, but that's just how I feel this situation's going. And, and Jesus, is, he's just got to be facepalming himself. He's like, it wasn't complicated, the words that came out of my mouth. And he's, he's getting a little frustrated. His Apple Watch is telling him he needs to take a minute of seven breaths. Uh, I, I just got this for my birthday, and I, it's weird. Uh, and he, he definitely pulled out a Dr. Pepper in that moment. Um, and, uh, oh, man, I need to stop. Jesus could be able to do this in moderation, but I can't very well. Uh, and, uh, and he's about... He's about to put in his AirPods. He's about to do it. Because he just wants to tune them out, right? He just, just, but, but then they start talking. They start arguing about who's the greatest. And then he's like, you know what? I need to listen to this. Uh, I need to know this. And man, we can easily make fun of the disciples. But man, don't think that we ain't just like them. Don't think that Pastor Allen's just sitting there on the sidelines of social media and just being like, whoo, child. <laughs> and, and man, they were just acting a fool. And, and it's why. Why argue about who's the greatest? 
I mean, can't we just all agree that LeBron and Jordan are both really great? Can't we just all agree that Tom Brady is the greatest cheater of all time? Where's, and jo- Josh, no, I do not have a root of bitterness seated in my heart from Tom Brady. I don't. I don't. Your message last week in no way, shape, or form convicted me in any points in my life. Uh, but we need to move on, right? And so we're going to move on to our text for today, Matthew 8, 1 through 3. And it says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little children unto them, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. They just want to know, who's the goat, Jesus? Who's the goat? The greatest of all time. Man, the upper room, we just finished Daniel. A lot of our students could tell you for a short period of time, it was the Greeks. Alexander the Great, he was great. He took over the world in six years. And he died. So not him. Maybe it was Peter, James, and John. You know, they just went to one of the OG, the original mountaintop experiences, and they saw Jesus in his glorified body. They saw Moses. They saw Elijah. Sure, it's one of those three disciples. They've got to be better than the other nine. But no, maybe it's Moses and Elijah. I don't know. Of course it's Jesus. And Jesus is sitting there with them so patiently. Man, Alan has done this so many times in my life. Because Jesus could be sitting there, who, you know, who's got two thumbs and is the greatest? This guy. <laughs> Jesus could literally pull that card, and it would be fine. But he doesn't. What he does is a little weird, a little different. He pulls out the child. <laughs> this child. And Jesus has a soft spot for children, so do I. Uh, man, he had to correct his disciples because there's a time in uh, Luke 18 where, where they're doing more adult ministry stuff. We're doing adult things. We've got to be efficient. We've got to be on time. We've got we to gotta do it. And, and these families were trying to bring their children to Jesus. And the disciples were rebuking these families. And so Jesus says in Luke 18, 16, he says, Suffer, little children, to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. So man, Pastor Allen tells us that if a man can't preach through a crying baby, there's a good chance he's preaching in the flesh. And man, ministry and life should be done well. It definitely should be done well. But man, it also takes Matthew 18, 4. I'm going to put... Put this guy down here. There's, he needs to be. Does anyone have frog eggs? Because he will eat them up. So just so he should stay right there. But 18:4 says, "Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven." So this is our first point of study, and, it's, and, and man, grads, all of us, the next step. It requires preparation. It requires planning. Those are important things. But your first step should maybe be a step backwards with humble prayer and praise. Man, this little child most likely just had his name written in the book of life. He most likely is at the most humble state of his life where he went to the Lord in prayer. 
that he praised God for things that he could not do. And if we are here to be great for the Lord and to glorify Christ's kingdom, if we're here to do that, we should take a step back. We should humble ourselves as this child. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So again, man, we're here to glorify Christ's kingdom. And to do that, we have to desire the wisdom found in the word. Point number two is the next step requires a hunger. It requires a desire for the word of God. Your opinion does not trump God's, ever. Man, but you know what I desire? I desire mic drop moments. I desire moments that are often void of the word of God. Moments on social media that are void of personal relationships. And our flesh desires to sound great, our, our, our flesh desires to look great, but we've got to be careful because Romans 7:18 says, "For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Not one. There's, there's no room for a little bit of thing. It says, "No good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. You don't find any good in your flesh. We cannot glorify Christ's kingdom in the flesh. So this is point number three. Every step we take must be with a flesh that is dead. In Romans 8.13 we find, For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Man, I am not saying anything profound today. I am not saying anything new that you probably haven't heard. I am just quoting back to you pretty much what the seniors told me on Wednesday night as they gave some advice back to uh, our younger students. And the common theme was just simply humble yourself, God, grab God's truth, and man, just put down the flesh. Our seniors have come to a point where they have realized that they need to walk in the Spirit for every decision in every relationship they have in life. Every, all of it. There's no good thing in the flesh. But humility may be the biggest thing missing from social media. Humility may be the biggest thing even missing from our ministries. It may be the biggest thing missing in praise and prayer. Man, Brandon, I know you would love this. Could you imagine praise if we came into this room humbled, childlike, and free if we recognize the truth, it's just the truth that there's no good thing in the flesh. And so as we praise, we just, man, gave all the glory and put our hands to the heavens. People might be like, I thought this was a Baptist church. <laughs> and that, you know, that's okay if we get a little charismatic. In all this, man, this, this humbleness, we find this at the moment of salvation. It brought us to a perfect state of humility. The ABCs of salvation. Man, I had Lance Conley tell me this while we were helping serve under him in the junior high ministry. And it's just, man, I, I accepted the fact that I was a sinner and that my righteous debt was eternity in hell. But I believed. I believed that Jesus died for me and that he conquered death and he rose again. So I had to do something. I confessed with my mouth. I believed in my heart that God had raised from the dead and saved me from my sins. There was nothing I could do but have a gentle, meek, humble faith that just realized 
I mean, I'm in need of help. I'm in need of help. And so we grow. Our students will grow as they should, and that is awesome. But humility is not something you move on from. It's not something that you just leave behind. Man, it's, there, it's supposed to be there for the, your, the rest of your lives. Humility is a building block. It is the foundation of your faith. Yet I'm disgusted at myself. Because I often let pride overtake humility. I often let knowledge trump love. I'm disgusted in myself that the person I show the least humility to in my life is my wife. I get puffed up with pride. I get puffed up with knowledge. And Paul addresses this Christian on Christian beef in 1 Corinthians 4, 6 by simply saying at the end of that verse that no one of you be puffed up for against one another. It's real simple, but the flesh has a tendency to make things way harder than it should be. As we move from the sincere milk of salvation to meat, man, things happen. The natural tendency is to get puffed up. I mean, it's awesome, right? You're making spiritual gains. You're like, oh, I'm getting so strong in the Bible. And you do that pump with the, your quads. I think maybe Terrence can do this because he's got muscles. And, and your leg just goes pop, 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 pop. And you're making these spiritual gains, and it's awesome. But then your flesh starts the roid rage. Your, your flesh literally lusts after the spirit. And it doesn't like it. Well, I should not have done that. Uh, so, man, why can't I just follow Second Peter 1, 5 through 7? And, be, and besides this, giving all diligence, add. Add to your faith virtue. And to your virtue, knowledge. And to your knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Man, so we all have a choice to make. And this leads us to point number four. Each step should be added to a virtuous foundation that was poured through the knowledge from God's Word. Because it's easy to do. We can go to college, and we can go to the work, and we can replace God with the world. It's really easy to do that. We can go to social media and gain the opinion of man. Man's got a lot of wisdom that he wants to give us. Or you can add godly steps to your life. At no point do you forget where you started or think less of those steps that you made as a babe. Christ says in eight, at Matthew 18.5 that, And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Man, Christ's dis- disciples had just failed. They had just failed back in chapter 17. They were trying to exercise a demon out of a child And Jesus said it was because of their lack of faith. Christ could, at this point, be gifting his squad with the best church software there is. He he could be giving them the best hot new church strategy there is. He could increase their efficiency and how they would eradicate demons from people. 
He could maybe go back to the drawing board and rework the playbook. He could maybe even get rid of the Old Testament. But instead, he offers the best team-building exercise that just simply makes them stronger together. He just says, take a step back. To faith found in humility. And that's all it takes. Back in chapter 17, he said, If ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove! And it would have moved. And Jesus tells us that nothing shall be impossible unto you. Just that humble faith. So Jesus is taking his disciples to school. And, and, and that's all he asks. You give, me, you give me just the faith of a mustard seed, and you give me humility, and man, you, you're going to ace this class. You get A+. Plus. But before, before this class ends, he gives them a warning in verse 6, and it says, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were, oof, I mean, this is tough, it were, were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. That's a heavy millstone. That concrete donut just around your neck. But this is a healthy fear of the Lord, and this is point number five. Every step should be deliberately placing yourself in someone else's shoes. Even a cute little puppy dog. Man, do, do we actually spend time thinking of others and caring about others? This, this verse, it just made our kids' ministry the most dangerous place to minister. So, man, praise the Lord for all of you who serve in all the countless kids' ministries. Because, man, I take this millstone seriously. Uh, and I know you guys do, too. And, and to be honest, I'm scared. But I also know that there is no safer place to be than in the will of God, doing His work. 1 Corinthians 15 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Praise the Lord. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. I am blessed to teach among the greatest of us, the children I am blessed to teach alongside my best friends. And I know parents like Christina Starks understand and respect our calling. She's a professional educator, a former Harvest, school, or Harvest Kids director, and she knows the value of this church and how much we have poured into her kids, and I know she loves that. For the last 18 years, she has linked arms with many of you as she did the best she could to raise three children. Now, many of you know the Stark family, and you think my math is off. But you'll understand that joke when I get home. Brandon humbly requested that he be placed in the sermon for today, so I had to make sure he was. So, but this isn't just about our kids' ministry. We have to protect our babes in Christ. Uh, you will find baby Christians in our evangelism efforts through Harvest Teams. You're going to find baby Christians in our adult ministries through discipleship and through counseling. Uh, man, you're definitely going to find baby Christians on social media, uh, 
at the workplace, and all over your life. And so we have to humble ourselves and not offend them. Not every Christian is blessed enough to be able to study under Machine Gun Shelby, soon to be a doctor. I don't know, we're going to have to redo a grad ceremony just for Alan, because... Man, not, not, not everyone is blessed to attend conference after conference with the late, great Mark Trotter. Not everyone's as blessed as me. I was raised by two great Christian parents. This was easier when you weren't, weren't here in the first service. <laughs> My mother's a saint. My father has a strange love. He's a peculiar person. And so it's mainly why I'm so weird. So blame David Kessinger. Dave Kess the best. His childhood motto that he still says every day. Uh, man, I had a childhood pastor that instilled the fear of the Lord in me. Praise the Lord. I had a best friend uh, who's, who's a youth pastor and now a head pastor down in Texas. I was blessed enough to marry into the Shelby family. I was discipled by Troy Stogsdale. I, I attend the greatest church in the world because it's actually humble enough to believe that the Bible is the perfect authority. God has removed every single lame excuse I could ever give him. And I know he's done the same for you, and it's so humbling. And because of modern technology, more people are watching your lives than ever. And I know it's easy to say that we live in a world that is easily offended, that we are just a bunch of snowflakes, and maybe we are. I mean, I cry all the time. Definitely. I can't even be a snowflake because I just melt into water. (laughs) But we have to check ourselves first. And so that brings us to point number six. We are called to humble ourselves so God doesn't have to. But it sucks. I continue to have lapse in judgment and think my poo doesn't stink. And it stinks a lot. Man, why does my family have to suffer? Google tells me that our families only spend 37 minutes of quality time with each other a day. Why am I okay with that? Why am I okay with the standard of a lukewarm Christian? Why why will it be so hard for our college students to to stay in the Word and, and, and to avoid temptation? I mean, we've already talked about it. It's because we think too highly of our flesh. We think too highly of our own desires. When Romans 12.1 makes it really simple by just telling, you, telling us, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. And that sucks because I want to have excuses, but I can't. 
So, man, as seniors, as students, man, adults, even as you move to the next step of your life, step humbly. Because there is an alternative. There's the work of the flesh. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it, here's your choices. Pick them. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, sorry, uh, idolatry, witch, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Man, if you really want to dive into those words, go find Pastor Troy Stogsdale's Wednesday, Wednesday night sermon about four years ago. So seniors, man, don't put your faith in the flesh, or that's what you're going to produce. Come to the realization that Paul did. Not that's Paul, Paul Altman. But that Paul would also agree with Paul. Um, that we are the Kansas City Chiefs of Sinners. But God, and praise the Lord for that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are born again. And it is your reasonable service to humbly perform the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, fake, oops, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. So that's what we can produce through the Spirit. We can avoid pride. We can pursue love. We can watch our mouths even. And we can listen. We can squash the beef before it ever happens by humbling ourselves. We can humbly read, pray, and teach our families and friends for more than 37 lousy minutes a day. Our conversations can be and should be eternal. And seniors, you don't have to have life all figured out. I don't expect you to know where you're going to be in four years. You just have to understand who you are. You're a humble servant of the Lord. And that's your identity. So here's my charge to the seniors, if I had one, because there's no perfect and complete seventh point for today's sermon, because that step is the step you take. But beware. Satan is patrolling. And he's on the prowl as a roaring lion. And man, I... Just don't give him easy buckets. Don't leave the lane wide open, especially you, Cooper. You've got that defense and lockdown. Don't leave that lane wide open so Satan can just dunk all over you. Make him earn every point. And let him see you. Let him see you and that you are nothing. Let him see that. Let him know that you're a humble, mighty servant of the Lord. Let him know that you stand on the word of God. Let him know that you have put to death the flesh and that you will not operate in it. Let him know that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do this. I hate public speaking. I hate writing. I hate English. I'm sorry for English teachers. I hate it. I hate it. And God had enough humor to say, hey, Brett, how about you do that stuff on a weekly and daily basis? <laughs> I'm Victoria. I got an art degree. 
And it was great. It really was. Do it, Victoria. Where are you? Do it. Do it. It served me well. It took me all over the world. I love it. And then I became a glorified janitor. But, (laughs) man, I'm glad Troy's gone so he can stop suckering me into things. But uh, let Satan know that Isaiah 40, 31 reigns true in your life. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that they shall mount up with the wings as eagles, that they shall run and not be weary, that they shall walk and not faint. Because literally nothing is impossible when you start with the humbleness of a child. So seniors, stay hungry, but stay humble. Stay hungry for the Word of God. Stay hungry for His work. I love you guys and know that I'm always praying. And that goes for you adults too. I know I tell you I don't like it, but I love you too. Man, so today we're not going to end in a song. We're not, we're not going to end with a big bang. It's actually kind of lame. But does anyone here need to humble themselves? And first and foremost, accept Jesus into their hearts today. And just confess with their mouths that, man, I need help, Lord. I need help. Does anyone here just need to humble themselves and take a step back to to remember the simple Romans road? Man, to remember where you came from. These are from Terrence, so man, come up and, and grab these because man, we, we have to understand where we come from, most importantly, so we can share it to others. And just remember that humble day of salvation that, that happened in our life. Man, we need to put to death the deeds of the body and live by humbly walking in the Spirit. So man, I ask you that after I get done praying, man, come on up. Come on up if that's you. Come talk to me, just another loser. And and let's figure it out. But I'll go ahead and pray. Lord, I hate being a man. (laughs) Because I know your word tells me to put to death the flesh. And so I, I so often think, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. I'm going to do it. I'm a man. I'm strong. I'll murder the flesh. But that flesh is a mountain that can't be moved by me. That, that flesh, we get rid of it by becoming humble like a child. That flesh can only be moved by faith. It can only be moved by you. It can only be moved by your strength. And Lord, I just pray that all of us in this room, we start to live like that. Lord, I pray for these grads. I know that they are entering the best years of their life. But I also know that there will be times where they feel alone that there will be times where 
they can easily decide to walk away from their faith that they made as a child. And I just pray that they keep their eyes on you. You're there, we're here. We've got their back, Lord, but life has a way to making you feel alone. And I pray they never feel that. Lord, I thank you for this humble church. I thank you for your work because it's sufficient. I thank you and praise you for all you do. I thank you and praise you for all my leaders. I thank you and praise you for my family. You've given me so much. I feel like I give you so little back in return. Lord, we love you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Just how we end every youth night. It's just a simple love you, bye.